Our new theme song is supplied by the group Thought Beings. You can find their music on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and also on Beatport.com. Please check them out. to Cult Cinema Catacombs. Uh, we are here uh, again, joined by Mr. Rick Gutierrez from the, our last episode. And yeah, I'm back. I, <laughs> for, for some reason, you guys wanted to have me back for this one because... Uh, well, because you, you know, chose the movie. It, so why yeah. not? Yeah, you chose the movie. So yeah, well, that's I'm... why. And you chose a good one, actually. I remember well, this movie. <laughs> you guys were terrified of me because it's like, oh, Rick's going to get his revenge. Rick's going to get his revenge for all the years. Of, yeah, it would have been blah, like blah, 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 direct blah. to DVD Cars movies and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, honestly, like I, I was I was thinking about it and I was like, I, my original choice, as I, I think I said this in the last episode as well, but my original choice was going to be something from the 90s and it was going to be Hudson Hawk. But then Roy was like, well, we're, I'm going to be doing uh, Hudson Hawk for the for the Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, shit, okay. Speaking of uh, which, if you guys want to hear my opinions on that, you need to go sign up for the Patreon because the episode is now available. Plug! Um, and so um, I was like, well, then let's let's do, uh, like, so, you know, still something from the 90s. Let's do uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or, or the Three Musketeers with Tim Curry as Cardinal Richelieu. And then out of nowhere, this one fell in my lap. And I was uh, going through Amazon uh, Prime uh, video, how I, you know, how I do. And I just happened to, it, it like, it popped in my head. I was like, on a whim. I was like, I kind of want to see if the Asterix films were on here because the kids would love these. Mm-hmm. And I looked and they have all three of the, of the released um, Asterix films that were put out on Disney Channel in the 1980s. And um, I did a little bit of uh, reading up on one, uh, one in particular, the one that we're actually going to be talking about today. 
And um, it said that it was a cult film. And so I was like, oh, I, I think I found it. I, 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 it just fell on my lap, and there it is. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and the Disney Channel is actually where I remember watching this. In fact, it was like every time I could, whenever they would show it, on the Disney Channel growing up, I had to watch it. I, I just watched it out of sheer curiosity, I remember, yeah. one day. Because I was like, what is this? I was like, okay, well, let me watch it. And just having the biggest giggle fit while watching it. And right. I was like, I have to continue watching this thing. They, well, then, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, the, the, the history of Asterix is just, it, it's one of the longest running, as a comic book nerd and comic book podcaster, I got to say, it's one of the longest running comic books in in history it's been mm-hmm. running nonstop since 59 mm-hmm. yeah so like it's the fact that i haven't seen this thing is a damn is a travesty in and of itself you it, know it has such a rich legacy and it's and it's a belgian comic mm-hmm. of, right. of all things and uh, the one i remember seeing the most when i was growing up was asterix and cleopatra and which is a full-blown musical that was the very first one i ever saw and it's a full it's a full full blown musical and it's very entertaining it's very funny, but then I found out it's heavily edited. What was put oh, out on yeah. the channel was heavily edited, because um, like at one point you get to see Cleopatra's slaves, and they are um, well they're they're they're, st- they're black stereotypes. They're Nubian. They're definitely Nubian. Yes. They're very Nubian. And uh, the version that I saw on the Disney Channel completely excised those two uh, particular characters. And I didn't see the full version until Disney actually put the videos out on VHS. And they were the full uncut versions. So does Disney own the the U.S. rights to I Asterix? don't know. No, they, they don't think so. I I, I um I don't know. I who think they let the, 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 the rights lapse, maybe. Okay, I mean it that is, would make a certain kind of sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I could quickly uh, while you guys talk, I could take a look see if I can find out who owns the rights to them. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't think they do anymore. If they did, they would probably be trying to milk as much as they can instead of just releasing them to Amazon Prime. Yeah. Well, and I, they would definitely be on Disney Plus if if that were the case. I would yeah, think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, let's see here. The Twelve Tasks of Asterix came out in 1976. Um, let's see here. I'm opening it up right now as soon as it allows me to. Hey, open while it up. while we got this lull, uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to talk directly yeah. to Hasbro for a second. <laughs> hey, Hasbro. Uh, guys uh, yeah. and, and ladies, um, I am. Um, where where my where where my goddamn snake eyes? That's all I want to know. I was <laughs> I pre-ordered snake eyes in a in a fit of uh, Sudafed induced hubris uh, while I was sitting on the toilet, and um and now it's released in the stores and I pre-ordered it and I still don't have it. I have all now, the other shows. Was this the special edition snake no. eyes or was this the... no? I missed the special edition, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, Buddy I might got a hold of those. And it's it's it it hurts my heart to this day that I'm gonna if I want that I'm gonna end up paying like a hundred bucks for it. Well, that's how um, much it was worth. But anyway, it was 120. Um, the one that you could pre-order that was the that was the in the box one you could get at drop for the day it, the day you could pre-order it you could pre-order it for 60 bucks. Oh the, wow. The, the Hasbro one. Yeah, that was like the day the day and date pre-order before they were out, yeah. which I probably wouldn't have been able to get anyway because I think they were only up for like 
10 minutes before they were completely sold out. We're going to get some information we shouldn't get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming, from, coming from the background there. No, but yeah, that's all I want to say while you're looking it up is Hasbro, bitches, send me, send me my snake eyes. <laughs> well, I guess we're done with this episode of uh, It Came From The Toil Isle there, so thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that, just wasn't, that wasn't part of this show. I'm just going to take every opportunity from a mic to address hasbro directly in the hopes that on one of the shows that i'm on 800 times a week somebody <laughs> from hasbro will be listening <laughs> on the plus side i did finish my uh my crimson dynamo uh build a figure oh did you that's yeah. great that's great man yeah the, awesome. the, the I, I was very pleased with the sculpt for uh crossbones i was very very pleased with the sculpt uh on crossbones he's very cool nice nice yeah Okay, so back to the show. Yes. So yeah, so I did find out um, it, it was distributed by Cinema International Corporation, which had a partnership with not only Universal Pictures but also Paramount Pictures, which now makes perfect sense because in the, the early to the mid '80s, Disney did partner up with Paramount Pictures because they were courting Michael, Mike, uh, Mike, what's his face? I can't remember. Michael Eisner. Michael Eisner, evil bitch. Yeah. Yeah, they were courting him. So that makes perfect sense as to why that was on the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently Cinema Inter- uh, International Corporation still owns the rights to the Asterix animated films. Oh, uh, okay. So right. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, like I said, man, it's a travesty I haven't seen these. So I'm, I'm really excited that, that Rick brought this to the table. It's one of those things. It's it's definitely not to quote Rick, but it's definitely been a meant to see it for a really long time, mm-hmm. you know? And then, um, so, so forcing my hand is a good idea on this. <laughs> oh, good. It's one of the few that I've actually wanted to see. This, I think, Kindred, I think those might be the only two that, that have been on this show. <laughs> where I'm like, yeah! Oh, some interesting boobies! <laughs> um, some interesting, one of the interesting things about this is, is that um, I think there was like, what, where, how, were there th- three traditionally animated Asterix films, and then I remember there was a computer animated one, I think that came out in the 2000s. There is three, there, yeah, there, there are the three that, uh, that we've, that, that, that I've seen, uh, which are 12 Tests of Asterix, Asterix and Cleopatra, and Asterix the Gaul, and then there's uh, a, it's like a weird hybrid of uh, traditional and CG, and it's got Paul Giamatti doing the voice of Asterix. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Asterix and the Vikings. And I started it. watching it, and I kind of lost interest, uh, like maybe about 20 minutes in. I need to I need to continue it. I heard it doesn't have the spirit like the other three films it, do. It really doesn't. It doesn't have like the cleverness or the like like the the quirky animation and stuff like that. Like even even um, Asterix the Gaul, while it is, it does have some some funny moments. Uh, it doesn't have the charm that the later two had. Like uh, mm-hmm. Asterix and Cleopatra, like I said, it was a full on musical. Asterix, uh, the twelve uh, twelve tasks of Asterix, uh, is for 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 my for my money, it's probably my favorite of the three because it's it, it breaks the fourth wall. It's very funny. It's got some very just tongue-in-cheek moments mm-hmm. and it's very self-aware 
It definitely is. Um, I mean, it's um, it's hilarious. I remember it being hilarious. It's also the only movie that's not based on an existing comic property. It was a completely original story, um, and it's an absolute parody on the Twelve Tasks of Hercules. Yeah. Because right. um, I mean, the the main basis of the story is is that in order to uh, prove themselves to Julius Caesar, they have to uh, embark on twelve tasks, just like Hercules did, but instead of it being like defeating the Hydra and stuff like that, they have to um, like go get a form in a bureaucratic hellhole and stuff like that. Uh, so lots of, lots of wackiness ensues uh, in this film. I just remembered that and I can't wait to re it's been years since I've seen this. So I can't wait to revisit it. Yeah. I'm super, I'm super into this. Yeah. I, like I said, it, it kind of fell into my lap. I, I, I watched it with the older kid and the older kid loved it. Like he was like, that was so much fun. And he's like, can we watch the other two? I'm like, yes, yes, we can. So there's even kind of a callback to, uh, uh, Asterix and Cleopatra. This also, which I thought was funny. So mm -hmm. I was just like, wow. Um, I will say though, that there is uh, going to be a couple of, um, non PC moments in this movie, um, in the form of Indian Chief, yeah, so be ready yeah. for that. Uh, so, so definitely be ready <laughs> although, for that. It, although it's such a throwaway joke, oh, it's yeah. such it's such a throwaway joke that you that it's like in and out like so quick. It's not like what makes the Red Men red and, and Peter Pan. Yeah, and it's such a like joke on uh, i mean on viking mythology and norse mythology also that i mean it's it's interesting the sense of humor that it has and i mean yeah like uh like you said um andy yeah this thing has th this property has been around for ages probably just as long as the smurfs has mm -hmm. so it's, yeah it's hard to it, it, and and keeping like the property's been around as long as the smurfs have you what, what you need to realize is as a comic book there are very few comics that have run consistently for a really long period of time without breaks or, you know, all any of that, mm -hmm. um, you know, off the top of my head, Batman, Superman, um, mm -hmm. Spider-Man has always had a, uh, has always had a, you know, a solo comic. Um, and, and as far as foreign comics go, um, this outside of, outside of, you know, uh, Japan, um, this is one of the very, 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 very few that you know we're talking what almost almost 70 years pretty that much it, that run that long yeah so it, that is a that is an enormous achievement and mm -hmm. that's a huge impress uh, that's that's a huge impressive thing to do especially for something that is a non-superhero hero based comic book because i mean even though they have you know powers and everything they get their powers from drinking an elixir yeah. they they are not superheroes so whatsoever. Do I, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're just a village of vikings you know they're just a simple <laughs> village of vikings and so it's it's interesting that you know it's been able to endure this legacy for as long as it has but that's because it's just so friggin entertaining yes it is very much so so are you guys ready to dive into the world of uh the 12 tasks of asterix yeah. oh my gosh absolutely yes let's go I, I, yeah, all righty, and I hope you guys are ready for what I'm throwing your way. Well, no, actually, Rick, you don't have to endure the next movie, but Andy will. <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> I'll probably watch it regardless, just to... Like, Do you want to... As long as you... The next sentence out of your mouth is, as long as to share the load 
with Andy. Yeah, so just, he doesn't have to feel the pain by himself. Just, just share the load with Andy as he goes up Mount Doom. You know, I mean, come on. Because the only the only thing I have, yeah, will you be my Sam boss? I'll be your Sam. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Make sure you then you go get your potatoes. Come on, <laughs> the don't worry, he'll get too. he'll get second breakfast. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Usually it's only Chris that gets to share the pain with me, and Chris has a bad habit of leaving in the first like 20 minutes of whatever. Yeah, he's just like. Like, fine, I'm done. To, just just nope out of whatever i can't do that because i have to talk about it so like we'll get back on the show and i'm like thank god chris is here he can talk about you know he can share my pain and chris is like i left after five minutes and i'm like come on <laughs> well i do have to i do have to say i was impressed that he sat through the whole thing for commando so i was impressed with that so well yeah i mean listen at the point at which he was probably thinking about leaving arnold schwarzenegger stripped down into a into a speedo <laughs> and like rode a boat across the Bay. Yeah, like so, he said, he didn't complain about that. He just wanted to know why. Yeah, that, that's the thing. <laughs> if that doesn't pique your interest, I don't know what will. Like, I... <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and press play. For those who have Amazon Prime, this is available on Amazon Prime. I also think it's actually available on YouTube. I think somebody has it uploaded is. it on YouTube. Yeah, so if you don't have Amazon Prime, you could watch it there as well. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and dive into the world of Asterix. Your defiance of me is bad for my reputation. And you want us to do all these daft things just to show whether or not we're gods? No, not exactly. That's all a bit out of date now. With my counselor's help, I've thought up a new set of tasks for you. Only gods could hope to perform all these new tasks. If you succeed, I will own myself fairly be. But if you fail in even one, then you will have to give in. It's a deal? You bet your life it's a deal. Ready then. You'll have to cross this canyon, walking across that invisible thread which you do not see there. Walk along that invisible thread? I see. Nothing but a simple administrative formality. What is your business? We just want a copy of permit number A38. You have been misdirected. You have to apply at window number two. That's right. What do you want? Permit A38. Have you filled in the blue form? The blue form? A formality. Fill in this form and then you'll be able to get the pink form. What pink form? The one you need in order to get permit A38. A simple formality. We shall never get out of here, Asterix. The magic potion won't be any help to us here. We'll go mad and we'll be Julius Caesar's slaves. Caesar is mighty. He has made a pact with the powers of darkness. And only the gods know what dreadful dangers Asterix and Obelix may still have to face. All right, and we right. are back. 
And um, that was a lot more fun than I remember it being, actually. It's good. <laughs> look, it was good. Let me first say that the that the the whole bit the the the, the place that that drives you mad. Um, that was hilarious. That's, that's the DMV in California. That's okay? the DMV everywhere. That's going to any city building to get anything done ever. Like, and it was it, great. It, it's the most frightening documentary I've ever seen of, of any city building ever, anywhere. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it was it was great. It was great. The only thing missing was one of the two. I mean, they didn't exist at the time, but the only thing missing was one of the two of them te- like texting on the cell phone while having the conversation. <laughs> but no, I yeah. was I was very pleasantly surprised just so, in general. Well, was this your first time seeing this, Andy? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, it was. I was very... So here's the thing, right? Uh-huh. I, I thought about it a lot, and like where this stands in you know all of the movies that we've watched. Mm-hmm. And it definitely falls like, dead in the center of everything. I didn't... Mm-hmm. I wasn't crazy for it, but I will mm-hmm. tell you it was very, very nice mm-hmm. to just have something pleasant. Yeah, know, it was in a the of everything else we're going through in the world. Just to have something... Just no stakes, right? Yeah. Just super pleasant to watch. Um, you know, funny enough, clever yeah. enough, um, satirical enough, but not. You know, I did it. It didn't challenge me, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be challenged right now. No. <laughs> like, I'm challenged That's... enough just on a daily basis, just getting through the day. I don't need any more. Honestly, I think in this day and day and age, I think we all are challenged in some. In yeah, some watch this movie. Way, yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. This movie definitely, definitely. It's a breath of fresh air. So just a yeah, it's just no stakes, and and there were some parts that I thought were legitimately funny. The uh, the Greek gods, I thought were or the Roman gods were definitely funny. Yeah. Um, I, I laughed. I'm getting rather sick of them. <laughs> I laughed pretty hard at that. Um, I really enjoyed the music on uh, Temptation Island. Fox. <laughs> the, the, the disco bossa nova. Yeah. I will always be a fan of the <laughs> music. Always. <laughs> yeah. It's like all of a sudden, it, it became. All of a sudden, it became like the three. Ca- it came the three caballeros at one point. At that when that came in i was just like okay uh when did this happen (laughs) definitely were going on speaking of which did anybody else notice donald duck's cameo in this yes yes i did uh that's that's something that i noticed from from the very first time i watched this when i was a kid i thought that was the funniest thing ever and uh, Um, when the chicken is laying the eggs during the big gladiator battle one of the eggs that she lays is the head of donald duck really Yes. yes Yes, and that's that's uh that's a great sight gag too. If you catch it, it's it's freaking hilarious. No, this movie was definitely. I know it's you know on Disney or, or you know a Disney adjacent, but mm-hmm. it definitely was a little more free. You yeah. Know, than than your average Disney movie. Mm-hmm. A little oh, it's more, hard. A little more it's, racy. Yeah. Its heart was definitely in the the mindset of just pure hilarious satire going on of not only of not only norms at the time, but also just of 
all Roman mythology and well, everything else. I think to its credit, I think what helped it out a lot was the fact that it was actually directed by the guy that created the characters. That yeah. helps. So, like, because uh, Rene Gossini is the guy that directed it, and he's also the guy that created and draws uh, or drew Asterix and Obelix. Yeah. And, uh, and like, you, you can tell. And then um, the the name of the druid, uh, Panoramics, actually changes from movie to movie. Um, because these Panoramics in Asterix de Gaulle and in 12 Tasks of Asterix, however, in... Uh, Cleo in uh, in the Cleopatra one, they actually changed his name to Getafix. And okay. Every single one of the Gauls has a different name. That's like a like a like a like a play on words, basically. So. Well, I noticed that the old guy's name was G- uh, was Geatrix. Yeah, yeah. G- uh, geriatrics. Geriatrics. Yeah. Geriatrics, but then you also have uh, the chief who's known as Ton of Bricks. Yeah. And uh, although he has a different name in Asterix de Gaulle, so it really changes from from movie to movie. But like for the most part, every single one of their names, uh, with the exception of Asterix and Obelix, uh, is a definite play on words. And they're very funny plays on words as well. No, it was it was very it was a very clever, mm-hmm. very clever film. I enjoyed I enjoyed it very much. All right, for your first task, you're going to need to run against this guy who looks like Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> <laughs> like my like my favorite my, my favorite of the of the tasks are definitely the 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 race, um, the the eating place, like the restaurant oh, cracks yeah. me up hard. Um, with the little and, piece of toast to go with the caviar that's a yes. size of a mountain, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the uh, the hypnotist, like those three, just crack me up every time. How do you do the things with your eyes? Would you shut up? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean for sure this movie was the best Forrest Gump film I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> 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 it was it was great. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, you know the the conceit of the film was pretty awesome because uh, it was never was it considered just to let them have their village. Yeah. You know it was it was the stakes had to be super high all the time because <laughs> because Caesar like like you couldn't just be like well we'll just okay they won let's just let them you know they can just stay where they are we won't mess with them because obviously we can't because they're weird gods it was like oh no it's instantly like they're gods. We have to put them through the trials, and if they win, they can, they can they can have Rome. Like what? I am Caesar. I am Caesar. They're gonna have to do that. It was like his his temper tantrum that he had was cracking me up. <laughs> no, and like his his uh like th- those challenges are are like that's a running gag in all of the Asterix and Obelix uh, stories, uh, especially in uh, the Cleopatra one. The challenge is to to build a a palace that is worthy of of Caesar, but then like the stakes are always stupid high. So Dude, I was it, super into judo guy, the oh, German the, judo guy. That guy <laughs> German. Oh yes, the fat one first. 
<laughs> oh, oh yeah, you do you do this like this here and yeah and blah, blah. I was like, oh my god, it's Peter Sellers. <laughs> well, this whole movie was oh my god, it's Peter Sellers. That's just we should have been called oh my god, it's Peter Sellers. Well, it's no, like, it was just super nice to just relax and watch something and not have to worry about like. Yeah, I mean, there were parts that didn't hold up, but overall, I think it was fine. And even the parts that, quote unquote, didn't hold up mm-hmm. weren't egregious. No, they yeah, weren't. No. Yeah, they were just. They weren't hateful. They, yeah, they weren't hateful. Um, my favorite part, because it's so damn ridiculous. My favorite part uh, is, I mean, besides the the, the bureaucratic uh, building where they have to get the form. Which, <laughs> Uh, which totally was reminding me of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. <laughs> yes. But um, my favorite part is when they climb the mountain to go talk to the old man of the mountain and they have to ask oh, his God. question. And oh, my, yes. It's to determine which, which, which stack of towels was washed in the better detergent. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was this, good. This one's softer, fluffier, and then all of a sudden it becomes a commercial. Yeah, it becomes a full-on <laughs> commercial that I'm pretty sure that the 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 uh, Roman pantheon just uses for entertainment. That's their entertainment is just just him. <laughs> and then they go putting people to the challenge. And then they go <laughs> up to Mount Olympus and Aphrodite lay there all naked, going, "You have to admit it is soft on your hands." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. The whole thing was just a giggle fest through the whole thing. I, yeah. If you're looking for a film to take your mind away from everything for an hour and a half, you can't do wrong with this one. Yeah, this one's really, definitely I mean, is a refresher. I, I think what makes it so much fun, too, is the fact that it's just so brutally self-aware of itself, too. Oh, yeah. Like, it it knows that it's a comedy. It knows that it's going to be it's, it's gonna be a, a, just a fun ride, and it's... And it just holds that joke all the way through, and it's so much fun to watch. And there's one bit that um, that became like a running joke between my brother and I, which was uh, we're the dog. By the way, the dog's name is Dogmatics. Yes. Um, and uh, like where, where he bites the Roman soldier on the butt, and just the the way that the way that the dog barks like yeah yeah like that like the two of us like my brother and I just started cackling at that. That just became like a running joke for us for years and years and years. And, um, and if, if you love that dog, which I do, uh, like you get so much more of him in the Cleopatra movie. Well, I love that they use the dog as the parody of the MGM logo at the beginning of the film. And that, that yes. sets the, that sets the tone for the movie right there is that the very, very <laughs> the begin, it begins with, a parody of the MGM logo with this little dog going, nah, nah. so see, they did not have that in the Disney version at all. See, and they should have kept that because that's just hilarious. I, it's just, it, it's just a hilarious parody. Yeah. But they did not have that in the Disney ver- in the Disney cut at all. And, um, the dog is by far one of my favorite characters out of, out of the, the Asterix and Obelix series. Like he is, by far, he steals every single comic that he's in, every single show that he's in, every single uh, movie that he's in. He steals every scene, and he is not only is he cute, but he's also one of the smartest uh, characters in the in the entire thing. He was smarter than, than Asterix, believe it or not. 
there's two other parts of the movie I want to discuss. Uh, the first oh, sure. one is the first one is the Cave of the Beast. Um, <laughs> I, I love that they had to pay admission to go into this cave where they could potentially die. Right. <laughs> so how many? Two. Okay, that'll be five. Here's your tickets. Have fun. Yeah. Like that one and the, that scene and the the scene with them climbing up uh, up the mountain. I just absolutely love the animation in, the, in both of those uh, sections. Oh, it was. Well, I mean, that's another thing is you know it was very well animated. Yes, it was. Well, I love like when they're in the cave and all the monsters' faces are floating up, and then you get that like really creepy looking ethereal looking one floating up to them. And when Asterisk asks, do you know where the beast is? And it gets this look of disappointment on its face that they're not scared and melts away. <laughs> and Asterisk is like, oh, these people, they're so rude. Ah. <laughs> the, uh, the ghosts were pretty good, too. That's oh, God, yes. The, yeah, was the, the scene with the ghosts, the Roman The battlefield ghosts. scene. Oh, my God, yes. Like, this. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they're there to scare everybody, and Astros is like, well, you shut up. We're trying to sleep. Yeah, like, we've had a long day. And he, like, goes through every single test that they've been through, and it's like, it's like, okay, okay. It's just like, we're only trying to do our job. We don't care! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. The, the fact that they just bumble through everything that they possibly could... <laughs> in order to win, like that's a great it's a great bit but then when they're on the Isle of Pleasure and they offer Nectar Ambrosia and he's like no I want a wild boar and they're like all like all ethereal and being all breathy in their voice and everything and when he flat out denies it and wants a wild boar all of a sudden she becomes like every Bronx girl in the world <laughs> <laughs> get lost fatty get lost fatty yeah get off the island we don't want you I'm like oh my god it's like the, the veil drops and their true identity is revealed at that point like the like the veil drops and the claws come out yeah <laughs> it's like that happened I lost it <laughs> oh. So yeah, oh my I, gosh. I think it's safe to say that we could definitely recommend this. Yeah, one. I think I think it's a safe it's a safe it's definitely a safe recommend. You know, you're not nobody's nobody's going to be upset by the existence of this film, you know. Not, not only is it a recommend, but it's also a recommend for kids because kids are going to love the crap out of these characters. Mm. And there's just and like I said, they're just so much fun to watch, and the story is is really funny, and it's it's just it's entertaining. I really love this one, and I'm yeah, glad I was able to recommend it to you guys. Yeah, this one is definitely great for the whole family. This this is a polar opposite of Dot and the Kangaroo. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't. You're going to be hard pressed to throw something at me that's a uh, that's an animated film that's going to be. That I'm gonna shy away from because I survived Dot and the Kangaroo. I can survive just about anything. <laughs> See, I barely remember Dot and the Kangaroo. I remember watching Thank it God. when I was. I know, right? But like, That's I remember post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, right? pretty much. Yeah. I remember watching it when I when I was a kid on my very first trip to Vegas, and it just happened to be on HBO at the time. And I remember seeing it. I remember absolutely nothing out of it. That's probably uh, for the best. That's probably, that's for, probably the for the best. best. Yeah, it's. I mean, even though the movies are in um, 
in public domain. Don't don't mm-hmm. don't go don't go looking for them. Don't go don't. chasing I will not. waterfalls, right? Yeah, don't go chasing them. <laughs> yeah. It ain't it ain't worth it. All right. Well, thank you so much for recommending this one, Rick. Yeah, this was, definitely. This was... My pleasure, you guys. And I already apologize because the the next film that's coming up is a polar opposite of what we experienced. Um, Try me. So, um, Rick, if Fuck. you want to watch this one, you can. Mess around and find out. Mess around and find out, Roy. Let's do it. <laughs> if you want to watch this one, you can. But this will be okay. an Andy and I episode. But you may want to like revisit it just out of sheer curiosity if you remember this thing. Okay. Um, so I was trying to decide on what the next film is going to be. I had two that was presented to me and we're still going to do these two films eventually on the show, uh, Andy. But then, uh, I discovered that something existed online. Oh no. As you often do. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that it's turning 30 years old this year. Okay. And I totally forgot there, about you this. You don't movie. like where this is going. I yeah, I already don't like where this is going. I totally forgot about this movie. Absolutely forgot about it. Um, this was a movie that was um, on the Disney Channel. Okay. May okay. 19th, 1990. Um, I'm surprised this film has become forgotten because when you talk all-star cast, this thing was a massive all-star cast. And one of the biggest all-star casts assembled at that time. Okay. Um, I think there are people, though, still out there that remember this thing fondly because they grew up with it, because they showed it to death on the Disney Channel. But it's it's gotten forgotten, so I think it's time to dust off the 1990 made-for-Disney Channel movie Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. Oh no! <laughs> oh, why does no. it sound? Why does this sound familiar? Well, let me let me tell you the cast of the film. The, See, well, the, the plot of ni- the film is little. Nineteen ninety. I did not have cable at the time. Okay. So I apparently missed this bullet, like dodged this bullet. But go ahead. Well, the plot is very simple. It's set okay. in it's set in the world of Mother Goose in Rhyming Land. Okay. Um, Mother Goose's son Gordon Goose teams up with Little Bo Peep to rescue his mom. Okay. Um, who's suddenly disappeared. Mother Goose has suddenly disappeared, and slowly, one by one, so are the creations that she's created. So they have to find Mother Goose and save Rhymeland, basically. Um, her son wants nothing to do with everybody else in Rhymeland because he's straightforward, straight-laced. He's a yuppie, basically. And everyone else has their quirks because they've been created by Mother Goose's imagination. Mm-hmm. So here is the cast. Uh, first and foremost, you have Dan Gilroy as Gordon Goose. Uh, Dan Gilroy was actually a member of I an 80s. 80... thinking you're saying Gordon Gecko. No. Which would be a better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um Gordon Goose was a member of a band in the 80s called The Breakfast Club. Okay. Uh, their biggest hit single was called Right on Track. Yes, I actually know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you have him playing Gordon Goose in the role of Little Bo Peep is Shelley Duvall. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. All, all okay. right. Um, in the role of Peter Piper is Harry Anderson. Oh. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> in the role of Old Mother Hubbard is stand-up oh. comedian Elaine Boozler. What? <laughs> okay. Um, in the role right. of the, 
role of the old woman who lived in the shoe is Debbie Harry. Oh, okay. so this is our second Debbie Harry movie. Yes. Um, right. In the role of um, of the game show host slash newscaster on television is David Leisure, aka Joey Zuzu. Oh my God. Yes. In the role of Humpty Dumpty is Howie Mandel. Did okay. Did they just decide to go like after the HBO stand-up uh, scene <laughs> hey, you, during the hey, 90s? Man. For this? Hey, hey, hey! If Howie Mandel's getting work, I'm happy. Okay. Listen, I love Howie. I love Elaine. Oh. The next thing he's gonna say is uh, the big bad wolf was Sam Kennison. Oh no. Andrew Dice Clay. Oh no, it gets better. The role of the three men in the tub or ZZ Top. Jesus Christ! All right. Wow. The role of the itsy bitsy spider is Ben Vereen. Okay. The role of Little Miss Muffet is Pia Zadora. It's oh, like it's geez. like they took uh, people from like, like all the all the top eighties people uh, like music people, all the people from fairy tale theater, and like okay, keep keep going. Okay. Um, and the roles of Jack and Jill are Gary Shanling. As Jack and Terry Gar as Jill. I rest my case. Okay. Because she I'm was in Fairy Tale Theater with with uh, Shelley Duvall. Okay. The role of Mary Mary Quite Contraries, Katie Seagal. Okay. Wow. The, the role of Simple Simon is Paul Simon. But of course it is. The role of Georgie Porgy is Art Garfunkel. <laughs> the role Weird. of the the role of the three blind mice is Bobby Brown. Just all one Bobby Brown? I guess that was all that coke he could do. No, he, he plays all three roles. Yeah, yeah. he could do all yeah, three. The, coke the, out the of co- his mind. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Okay. Uh, the, stray cla- the Stray Cats play the backup band for Georgie Porgy. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Um, Little Richard is old King Cole. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Really? Mm-hmm. Dweezil Zappa, Dweezil Zappa as the leader of his metal band that he has called The Dank. Okay. Um, All right. We have, um, let's see, who else? I'm not done with the cast yet. Uh, <laughs> Cheech Marin as the carnival barnaker, uh, barker. Okay. Gene Stapleton as Mother Goose. Okay. Okay. Cindy Lopper as, as Mary, as in Mary Had a Little Lamb. Woody Harrelson as her sheep. Good Lord. Oh, my and God. This is and pre, this is pre, like, super the, popular. This is pre-Natural Born Killers, right? Yeah, yeah this, this, this is, is pre-Natural Born Killers. Cheers. No, dude, this is even pre-White uh, Men Can't Jump. Yeah. Right, this is Cheers, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, and the Del Rubio triplets as themselves. Just as themselves. Yes. That's okay. Wow. That's the cast. So when you yeah when I'm when you're saying all star cast they mean it. All like this, star cast. This is almost like that uh, that Alice in Wonderland uh, thing that came out in '85. Yes. With uh, Red Button, Sherman Hensley, Donald O'Connor, and, and like and Shelley Winters and you know so on and so forth. Fucking Shelley Winters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you come up on this show and start talking about Shelley Winters? How dare you? How I dare just, you? <laughs> I couldn't help myself, sir. But this uh, th- this movie is produced by the same people who produced um, the extremely atrocious 
Disney made for Disney Channel live action version of Aladdin that came out before the animated version. Of the only difference between this one and that version of Aladdin was this one was a hit where a Disney swept that version of Aladdin under the rug. Now, was it a hit because it was? It was a it was a hit on the Disney because they just ran it to death, or was it a hit because it was you know worth watching? It was a hit because they ran it to death, and because Shelley Duvall was still Shelley Duvall at the time. I mean, she this was she was still riding the high of fairy tale theater at the yeah, time. very much so. That's why she that's why you have all these names, and especially yeah. because this one I'm, I'm reading up on it. It's actually called like the full title is Shelley Duvall's Rock and Rhineland. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that, that she'd be writing off of the coattails of uh, what she did with uh, Fairy Tale Theater. Interesting. I have yeah. never seen this. It's um, I well, think I have. There are two versions of this. There is a hour and a half cut and then one that's been cut down to an hour and 16 minutes. We're watching the hour and a half cut. No, really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you're... Because you're Roy, of course we're because, watching the hour and a half cut. Yeah, we're watching the extra 15 minutes. <laughs> One of the things I remember is is that Gary Shandling and Terry Garr play Jack and Jill as a codependent couple. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. I, that I do remember. And I also remember... Um, Piazzadora just being really awful in this thing, and Ben Vereen being Ben Vereen, basically. <laughs> it looked like I remember. I also remember that the one who looked like was having the most fun in this movie was Howie Mandel. That makes okay. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's also a precursor to him shaving his head since he plays Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm and little rich. Oh, and Little Richard looked like he was having a blast in this thing also. Oh, I don't Little doubt Richard, it. When was this? 1990. Little yeah. Richard didn't know where he was. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be our next film, folks, is Mother Goose okay. Rock and Rhyme. Um, again, you can find us on Patreon. If you're not a member of Patreon, uh, to those who are listening to this before everyone else, thank you for supporting our Patreon page. Uh, we have a lot more fun stuff coming. Uh, I am still working on the the, uh, the 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 riff. I just recently switched from a Mac to a PC for work reasons, so I'm having to have to relearn new video editing software. So the 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 riffing is on a back burner a little bit right now, but it is coming its way. Uh, we also have some more exclusives coming up, including uh, Andy and I watching Velocipaster and yeah, giving our reaction to that. So that's going to be coming up soon, guys. And then I, we're going to also have another uh, Patreon giveaway. I'm going to be giving away the vinyl soundtrack to Color Out of Space. Uh, Again, to of- I can't win it. Yeah. Bunch of assholes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> So if you want to sign up for the Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash so I watched this. Uh, it starts at $3 a month, and um, it's I, it, it's been going great so far. So, uh, And again, um, we'll be back with a new episode soon with uh, Andy losing his mind in Mother Goose Land. And uh, again, <laughs> again, thank you, Rick, for suggesting this film. Yeah. My pleasure. And uh, again, do you, do you want me to plug myself or no? Yeah, do it. All right. All right. 
So um, you can find m- myself and Roy and our uh, our friend of the show, uh, Danae, yeah. uh, on uh, on Rediscovering the Magic. That's our Disney podcast. Um, and uh, that's at rediscoveringthemagic.blogspot.com. We're on Facebook under Rediscovering the Magic with Rick and Friends podcast. I'm also starting a new podcast with Del Pullen where we talk about all things Disney Duck. Uh, it's going to be called Into the Duckverse. Uh, it's coming. It's coming very soon. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very excited about that project. And, um, yeah, otherwise, that, that's all I've got. <laughs> all righty. Well, again, thank you very much for joining us. And I'm curious to, even though you're not going to be on the episode, I'm curious to hear your reaction to Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme also. I'm probably going to Chris it. I'll be like, I watched about five minutes, got tired, and then stopped. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you got to watch it all. Actually, you got to watch it in reverse. Actually, actually, I'm I'm more cu- curious to hear Oliver's reaction to Mother Goose Rock and Roll. I can already tell you what his reaction is going to be. He's going to be like, "Why? Why? <laughs> Why?" <laughs> because that's Oliver's mo. So yeah. Yeah, and you could definitely tell this whole thing was filmed on one soundstage. Oh my lord! I can't wait to watch this. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't wait to subject the boy to this. Oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna scream at me for that. <laughs> All right, gang, we'll see you on the next episode. Talk to you later. Bye. Right, bye. <laughs>